0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Homes, the podcast where feeling good about where you live is the key. Now, to move or to renovate? It's a million dollar question in some people's cases, quite literally. But just what should you be asking yourself when you get the itch to change at where you live? With me today to talk all about it is property expert Brooke Simons-Aqua and journalist Jane Dahl, who writes for The Times and House Beautiful. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi, Nikki. Hi, hello, Nikki. So, Brooke, I'm going to ask you first. um, You're a lettings expert and a landlord. Yeah. What are the most common reasons people give you for wanting to move? To be honest,
1: there are quite a few reasons that people want to move. Um, I mean, I predominantly work in Manchester, which is the city centre, and also outside in the suburbs as well. A lot of people want to move for space, um, additional rooms to their properties, uh, family changes, so breakups, babies, moving in with partners, sharers. Um, A lot of cases are for people who are wanting to move for work. That's really common. Um, And a lot of people also want to move into the city centre as well for more amenities.
0: And is that still the case now after what we've seen happen over the past few months with COVID? Yes, it is still the
1: case. Um, In the city centre specifically, though, the changes have been that a lot of people are looking to move to potentially a different apartment style with outdoor space or outdoor living. Um, There there are quite a few build to rent developments, for example, that have got Zen gardens or communal garden areas. Um, And then there are quite a few apartments that have got balconies as well. So that's predominantly what people are looking for now.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So when Rezi conducted this Happy Homes research, which is basically what we talk about on the podcast, we found that there's a honeymoon period of living in a new home and it lasts about 12 months. And then there's a sharp decline over the next five years with how satisfied you feel at home. And we also found that people tended to feel less proud of their homes as time passed. So Jane, I was wondering, have you got any tips for knowing when it's a renovation versus a new home that you need? Uh, I think the key thing is: Are you happy actually living where you are?
2: You know, does it still tick all your boxes? Are you uh, are you happy with the surroundings, the street around you, uh, the services around you? You know, is it convenient for schools, colleges, work, etc.? Is it convenient for seeing friends, other close family members? Do you still feel that uh, it, it it kind of meets your needs as a family? Uh, Even if you do feel a little bit squashed or a bit compromised, uh, have you seen anywhere else where you would prefer to live, in your budget of course, that would also tick all those boxes? If the answers to those seem to point back to, well, do we really want to move? Then that is the time when you think about how to improve the space that you actually live in. Not forgetting, of course, that there are a lot of costs associated with moving house. So it then is a a time to sit down with a calculator and work out the
0: cost benefit
2: analysis, basically.
0: Mm, That's really good advice. Brooke, what do you think about that? Have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think
2: everything
1: that Jane said is is really important to take into consideration. I think what I found is, especially uh, purchasing a home quite recently, that within that first twelve to eighteen months, I was again in that same position of oh should i move and that's just i think it's mainly because uh life changes uh you get different opportunities presented at different times and you think of how you can utilize the space that you're in now and whether or not it is beneficial to change the layout or whether it's beneficial to to then go on and purchase another property
0: yeah absolutely So, Jane, when we talked before, you told me that you'd bought a dream home, you'd done it up, and then you moved on again (laughs) quite quickly. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What went on, really, for you to kind of, you know, spend so much time and and money investing and sorting this property out and then for you to move? Life. (laughs) Life got in the way then, (laughs) (laughs) I moved back up to Yorkshire
2: in 2003 from London, and I did the thing that many people who will be considering relocation now did I made a massive mistake and I mean massive, I bought a house that was actually too big. I love the idea of a big five-bedroom detached house. It was an Edwardian house, really lovely. A house I'd known since I was a child and walked past and fallen in love with. It had a third of an acre of flat garden, which sounded fantastic in theory, but when you put two little children born within three years of each other into that mix and working and everything else, it just became quite a a difficult house to manage in some ways. So I think probably like, you know, your 18-month period that you referred to, I think it probably took about four or five years before I realised perhaps I'd bitten off slightly more than we could chew. (laughs) But when we moved into the house, this just proves what's possible with organisation and determination. I moved up from London on my own with my little boy and my husband then was still in london and we did the entire house in one month uh, i organized decorated oh i organized as plasterers new flooring uh, we had to totally prioritize because of time and also because of budget so we left the bathroom we left quite a lot of the doors and things but i did want a new kitchen so we also put a new kitchen in in that time and it was actually ready for christmas it was a major undertaking But the reason why we moved, and I can come into this in more detail if you want to ask me uh, in a little while, was because my priorities changed. My children got older, my first marriage broke up, my new husband, who is now my husband, is a builder, uh, luckily, and we both had a dream of renovating our own house together. So we decided to put that house on the market and we bought the house where I currently live, where we all currently live. Uh, It's only a few minutes down the road, but we started again from scratch.
0: Wow. I'm just, yeah, I think it's amazing. Like the speed at which he did it and then just thinking oh well actually it's not work so I'm going to move on I, you know that takes guts I think sometimes it,
2: it takes good and a slight kind of blind ambition if you like <laughs> uh, I mean we could quite happily have stayed there in that house uh, it, I, I had paid off the mortgage I owned it. it it was mine really and all my friends thought I was completely crackers why would you leave <laughs> because when you look at it on the surface it was a great house it was big house big rooms really good for parties uh, there was five bedrooms but the bedrooms weren't configured correctly, really. Uh, there was a, a decent size, what we would call a main bedroom with an ensuite, a decent size room, what my son had. But my daughter, who was then approaching 10, she had a small room. She only had a very small room. She didn't want to move to the top floor of the house because she didn't want to be on the top floor of the house on her own. So we were stuck in this kind of dilemma. Her room was getting literally getting smaller by the week as the more things she accumulated with her <laughs> dancing and her brownies and her school <laughs> stuff and her, everything was just crowding into this tiny room with a single bed, a dressing table, and a built in wardrobe. It felt like that room was bursting at the seams. So, you know, we, we just knew we had to do something. We did consider putting an extension on the back and reconfiguring all the bathrooms. But we felt that actually we weighed up the cost, felt that uh, that would cost at least 60000 with Simon, my uh, husband, working on it. So we thought, you know what, why don't we just make a fresh start, all four of us, you know, new relationship, new life, and we started to look for
0: another property. Yeah, that makes lots of sense, yeah. lots of sense. Yeah, it was really hard, though.
2: I, I, I think, you know, people who think it's an easy thing to to do, because something that I do feel is quite important is it's not just one person's vision. And and in all my experience, personal and professional, it is almost always the woman in a relationship. And if it's two women in a relationship, it's usually one of those women uh, who makes the decision that we are going to move. But you know, you have got to take into account your partner, you've also got to seriously take into account your children, because children are quite affected when they're asked to, you know, give up the room that they've always known since coming home from hospital, or give up a certain garden, or or, or move to a different area. They've, they've got quite a lot of anxieties about that. So that's something that you've also kind of got to think about as well. We had to tread very carefully.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I often hear stories of people just saying, oh, you know, we've decided we want a different life and we're just going to take the kids with us. And I always sort of think, gosh, but it's a major upheaval. And, you know, with people sometimes when they move their kids, not even at the end of the school year and they do it mid-year, it just seems overall. Over no, we,
2: we were incredibly careful and we, we moved. We Well, it's a long story and it's, we're talking about renovation, not selling and buying a house, which is an entirely uh, horrific topic in its own right, really. But we couldn't sell the the big house. It took us nearly two years to sell it. So we lived, we, well, we half lived in the big house and then we moved to this house uh, in the, it's actually four years almost to the day, the day tomorrow actually, since we moved to the smaller house. So we did it in the school holidays so that the kids got settled before new term started. It was also actually dictated by the day that the Sky Engineer could actually come and hook the television <laughs> and the broadband up. <laughs> It was booked for August the twenty second.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really important consideration because getting those appointments is like gold dust, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So we and we knew that the kids would not move into it, especially because it was still in progress without some kind of entertainment in place. So yeah, that's what, that's how we did it really.
0: That's a great tip. So, Brooke, I wanted to ask you, um, we found when we were doing our Resi Happy Homes research that the ability to change the layouts of your spaces is actually more important than the size of your biggest or smallest bedroom. Is that something that resonates with you when you've looked at properties for people? I think it's quite counterintuitive. People are always sort of pursuing the biggest rooms possible, aren't they? But we found that it was being flexible that mattered more.
1: Yeah, I think definitely being flexible is is really really important i think in, in my experience personal and, and, and also professional it's probably about a 50 50 split in terms of my actual experience so it, it, it also depends on whereabouts the property is and who's going to be moving into that specific property i mean with family homes it's very different because especially if you throw children into the mix as well it's the room sizes for the children like what jane was saying um and also about workspace, office space as well. When it comes to uh, sort of like more city centre and apartment styles, you've got to take into consideration sharers, um, couples, and what they're going to be looking for. If they're friends that are moving in together that have known each other for a long time, for example, then they'll be looking for a good layout, a good communal space that they can kind of hang out in. And then they'll just go to their bedrooms for sleep. Otherwise, you also have uh, some people that are looking for just having a small communal space that they can make the tea in and then go off to their rooms and have loads of space there where they can have all their Xboxes and PlayStation set up and just be gaming away until the wee hours on Fortnite and waking everybody up <laughs> in your area. I mean, that seems to be the most common theme at the moment where I am. But uh, yeah, I mean, these these are things that, that people sometimes overlook when they're looking at a property Um, and since the pandemic as well we've we've had to introduce different ways for people to see properties so we do video walkthroughs but I still really really think it's important for people to come and actually be in the space that they're potentially going to move into so that they can actually see it and see how they're going to utilize that space.
0: Yeah, I mean, video walkthroughs, they're brilliant, aren't they, as a kind of initial way of getting a feel for somewhere. But I don't think there's anything like actually visiting the space, is there? No, no, nothing at all like visiting the space, no. Yeah. Okay. So, Jane, somebody decides that all of a sudden they do want more room. How do they decide? And, and they're focused maybe on having a renovation rather than moving. How do you decide what kind of renovation you should go for? Is it all about what you can afford? I think affordability has got to be absolutely key, especially at the moment, really.
2: Uh, you know, every, every family and every couple and, and, and individual's circumstances are different. Uh, and I think weighing yourself down with debt just to you know create your dream of a perfect home is is not advisable really uh and again i would say you've got to get the calculator out you can't just guess and you've also got to factor in lots of things like employment etc cetera, etc cetera. you do need to have a really clear idea of your budget before you start and i say this time and time again to people i didn't entirely follow my own advice i must admit uh because you know things do happen. I would also say you also need a contingency fund as well because if you decide you want a double extension and the builders come and dig the footings and discover that a drain's got to be moved, that's going to add expense, for instance. So, Fundamentally, it's got to make financial sense. Uh, I think it's a very good idea to look at other properties in your immediate area. Uh, that is called also be nosy uh, and find out. You know the ones that have perhaps had a, a, a ground floor extension, the ones that have converted their garage, etc., and have sold uh, in you know it afterwards. Have as it added significant value to their property? Now, I would say also there is a slight caveat to that, in that you've got to think that this is my home where I'm going to live and I've got to be comfortable. So if you, you've not got to get too hung up on how much return will I get. It's another thing to say. And I've spoken to a lot of people, you know, of vendors who say, well, we spent 50 grand on this kitchen and, well, we want that money back you've got to accept quite early on that you'll not get that money back. It's not going to happen. Your idea of what you like and what someone else likes and wants to to prioritise is not always going to be the same. So you've got to kind of just keep a sense of pragmatism and realism in that calculation. But I think when you're deciding what kind of renovation you should go for, I think you shouldn't just look at the house, i.e. the footprint of the actual building. You need to look at the surrounding as well, and you need to see really what 's going to make sense is it going to be building out into the garden or as a side at the side if it's a if you've got a side return or if you 've got a garage or if you're prepared to go down the planning permission route and get ready to deal with probably, usually, not always, but most often, quite a lot of opposition because adding to the front of your house is always more difficult than adding to the back. Uh, I think you've got to look at the space around, decide whether you're going to go out or up or whether you can reconfigure the layout inside. Bearing in mind that layout reconfiguration is fantastic. Uh, my husband does so many knock we co- knock throughs, knocking a wall out to make a big, the kind of big flexible living space that Brooke was talking about. But obviously, that will uh, in- include work inside underpinning making sure that it's signed off by building regs because if you don't get it done properly and you think oh it'll be all right you know somebody can come around do it in a weekend well, if you come to sell and you've not got that certificate from mr building regulations the building inspector you'll you'll have real problems selling so you've got to kind of future proof that as well so yeah outside up or internal. Those are your three options, basically. Or, actually, sorry, I missed one out, you could go down, down into the basement. Mm, but that's not an option yeah. for everyone, you know. Yeah,
0: and it's, I don't think that's as common, really, is it? But, yeah, I mean... Like, it's
2: quite—it's it's more common. It's very common in London. Uh, yeah. And, I, I, you know, I do know that. It's probably more common in cities. And I would say, and, you know, people might come back to me about this, that's probably your last resort. Because excavating a basement is no mean feat. If you're lucky enough to have a house that's on three levels already with a garden level and literally you just need to dig it out a bit lower to drop the floor, you know, so that you've got a better space, good. But if you're prepared to have all the waste and all the rubbish and all the hassle and all the stuff up and down your cellar steps, you know, for months, then it's quite a big undertaking really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine Brooke, do you have any thoughts on that because obviously you're a landlord. Do you have you ever had to do any renovations to the properties that you rent out?
1: Yeah so I like to keep them quite modern to be honest um, and I like to factor in sort of like the current trends so to speak. Um, I love Instagram and, and, and Pinterest for seeing what different people are doing in properties and how I can potentially incorporate them to see if I can get a better return but also provide a good home for, for someone for a, a long period of time. Um, so I have done full uh, renovations but they're generally cosmetic. I've never had to thankfully dig down any basements (laughs) or or get any planning uh, because obviously with permitted development there's not too much that you have to to go through with that um but no thankfully i've not had to do anything too drastic i think that's probably because i am slightly worried about getting into all of that a full-blown renovation in how long it's going to take all the costs because I'm very um, particular when it comes to costs. I like to make sure that I've got every base covered. But when it comes to property, I don't ever think that you can have every base covered. So I like to keep it within a nice little scope that, that I can definitely manage.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's Imminently sensible, I think. (laughs) Brooke, I also wanted to ask you, we found at Resi that looking for a potential home rather than a house is actually the way to go when you're thinking about moving. And that if you start off from the premise of thinking, well, will I feel at home here? You're actually likely to feel happier if you purchase that property. I was wondering what qualities make a home homely to you?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, I go in with the premise that any property that I either bring to market for other clients or any property that I do up myself and and, and put to the market is going to be a home as opposed to a house. Um, That that mainly comes down to, again, making sure that it's quite modern and and, and on trend. Uh, I love feature walls. Um, I like to go bold as well. I love a royal blue. I love a bottled green. <laughs> My favourite colour is Fuchsia, but I've, I've, I've not been that daring as, as of yet. <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's also really important as well to make sure that if it's going to be a furnished property that your furnishings aren't your typical off the shelf um sort of like furniture packs because i do get quite a few landlords especially overseas investors that buy up a, a, a number of units in, in developments and then just put in standard furniture packs i always think that it's really important to make it personal so if they're going to do that, then buy some different features and maybe upgrade the pack that, that, that you're going to purchase. Um, I also think it's so, so important, especially if it's a new build or, or even if it's not, that you provide spaces where people can as soon as they walk in put their pictures up so whether that's hooks or command strips whatever it is that there's the space for people to be able to, to make it more like their home and again if it's furnished I love putting uh, those fake plants in as well um, and then if, if, if tenants want to remove those and put their own and at least they can kind of visualize where they can do it or make it a living garden inside as well.
0: Mm, Yeah. We had somebody uh, uh, earlier on in the series of the podcast talking to us about the level of precision and beauty of some of the new faux plants that you can get. And I was really amazed when I looked them up. I mean, you really can't tell the difference unless you get really close to them. No, no. Some of them are absolutely incredible. There's a a development that I've got
1: in uh, Manchester City Centre and right next to it, it's got um, sort of like uh, a plant shop and inside... I saw this beautiful, like, I don't actually know what it was called, um, but it had huge leaves and I was like, oh my gosh, it's incredible. I touched it. And it was only when I turned over one of the leaves that I realised that it wasn't real. And I was like, oh my (laughs) gosh,
0: it's incredible. I want it. So I bought it. Excellent. You have to buy these things when you see them, I think. Definitely, yeah. (laughs) Jane, what do you think about, you know, qualities that make a house a home? I think the first and foremost thing, it's got to be people
2: happy and content within it. Uh, Having created that literally from scratch with the house that we renovated, I totally understand that. Uh, When we devised how we were going to divide up the living space here, we we used the word bespoke quite a lot. We made it bespoke to our particular family, including the dog not quite the cat (laughs) because we couldn't find a safe place for the cat flap so the poor cat he he lives in the garage mostly actually
0: but even in terms
2: of like the the walkway so that the dog could get to the garden easily through the bifold doors at the back uh we, we we really tried to make it so that it fitted our lifestyle. We do intend to stay here. Well, you know, for the next ten years at least, until the children have grown and are in their twenties and are, are leaving home. So we didn't particularly think about what other people would think. Uh, that might turn round and bite us, but I'm not. I'm, I wasn't going to worry about that. So I think, you know, whilst it's fantastic and it, vital to develop your own style and to look at uh, magazines, to visit shops, to look at room sets, to, uh, as Brooke says, gather ideas off Pinterest, etc. That is absolutely vital. But I think you've got to be able to put your own people first um, and think of their needs first and foremost uh, And I think comfort is a massive, massive thing. We've all been to dinner at people's houses where the chairs are really uncomfortable or the lights are really bright or it just doesn't feel like you're relaxing in a space and I think that you can do that by the kind of furniture that you choose Uh, I have a dread of those furniture packs as well Brooke if I ever see them in a development I think huh, I kind of (laughs) sigh a little bit and think "Hmm." Uh, but I think comfort comfortable seating uh, a nice sense of texture so nice throws and blankets and things like that Uh, but also lighting is really really important I absolutely really hate overhead lights we have got some in the house and i turn them off if they're ever turned on uh but but nice accent lighting to really flatter and make everyone feel quite relaxed and i'm sure there is a scientific study somewhere that says that you know too bright lights can cause stress and and i do find that if if i'm somewhere that's too bright lit, it makes me feel really quite on edge so I think that also the good lighting adds to comfort as well. And then I think, you know, using light, natural light as well and to you know to literally throw those curtains wide and to really make your house feel like it connects with the outside. You know, all too often especially during recent times, you know, we've hunkered down in the in our homes and we we've tried to you know, protect ourselves, but we need to make sure that we can see the sky, that we can see the trees, that we can see the weather and feel like we're connected to something that's bigger than our, our home and ourselves.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we found from the Resi research that that feeling of connectedness both within the home and to people outside of it was really, really important for community. So if you kind of neglect that, you end up very isolated. And, you know, especially I think a lot of people found that out the hard way, didn't they, when they realised their homes maybe weren't working the right way for them during COVID. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Mm, I agree, yeah.
2: The whole COVID thing has been a massive reset in so many ways, but I think it has caused a nation to look at its living space and, and reconsider it and reconfigure it if necessary.
0: Yeah, I would completely agree. So, Brooke, in terms of some practical things about moving, we found that the stuff that you should really consider includes floor to ceiling heights when you're moving into a new property adequate storage access to outdoor spaces and the nature of your renting contract if you're renting and also any easy to use and look after appliances is there anything that you'd add to that list when you're discussing with potential tenants about what they need to focus on when they're deciding to move into some somewhere new
1: yeah I think the 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 uh points that you've mentioned on that list um, are really, really important when it comes to looking for index property, because it generally determines how long someone's going to stay in a property as well. And and that's really important for uh, the, the lettings industry. When it comes to additional and um, and more practical items as well it's also really important to think maybe just a little bit outside of of the internals as to your transport links what's in close proximity that's really important to the majority of people that that, that I talk to Um, as well as the local amenities as well Uh, a lot of people ask me so how long is it going to take me to get to Nando's or how long is it going to take me if I'm going to um, cycle to the nearest swimming pool, that kind of thing. Um, But one of the biggest questions that I get asked, uh, especially in Manchester City Centre, and and in fact, even in in the surrounding areas, is does Uber Eats deliver here? Does Nando's deliver here? And does Deliveroo (laughs) operate in this area? These are really, really (laughs) vital questions that people ask. And to be honest, this last house that I've considered um, before uh, me and, and my partner purchased it, I looked up whether or not Deliveroo were in the area because it's so <laughs> important. And now, thankfully, Nando's has just opened literally around the corner from me, so they now deliver here as well. Two days ago, so I'm even happier. But these are really, <laughs> but these are really practical things for people um, when it comes to to moving. And I, I have had a few people turn down properties because things aren't able to be delivered.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. I would never have thought about that. But (laughs) if I didn't have a Deliveroo uh, account that could get to my house in time, I don't think I'd eat a lot of the time, to be honest, (laughs) because I'm really, really bad with it. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jane, I just wanted to come back to the matter of kids, because obviously we talked about it a little bit. But I just really wanted to ask you what sorts of things you should be considering when you're thinking about moving or renovating and you've got kids.
2: I definitely second the Deliveroo point, having two (laughs) teenagers. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I think if if they didn't deliver to where we live, they'd probably go and move and live somewhere else, actually. So <laughs> I think it depends on the age of the child uh, to, to a greater extent. I mean, you know, you're, you're under threes, really, probably don't really need to know very much about where they're going as long as they're safe and they can get to a bed uh, and and, and, the, and that they're looked after. But I think when you're actually in the process of moving versus renovating, I think that you you know, if you've got kids, you've really got to put those kids first. And I am always, like you, I think, Nikki, really shocked at people who just say, Oh, we're moving and the kids are thinking, Well, what am I gonna do? So you've got to consider, I think first and foremost, the the normal stalwart of a child's life, which is school. And you have to consider, will they be staying at the same school? If they're moving schools, is it a good school? Is it, is it is it good in terms of its support? Is it good in terms of its academic uh, 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 reputation? Is it easy to get to that school? Will it involve a load of faffing about, driving right here, there and everywhere? Are the children going to be able to make friends locally? You know, it's very nice to have the dream of living in the middle of the countryside, but if the nearest house is two miles away and it's an old couple with some sheep, what are your children going to do? You are going to end up being a taxi driver. <laughs> and your children are going to end up lonely and never ever ever leave their rooms and leave their fortnight and leave their televisions because that 's you know they 're going to be they 're going to be cut off from their friends, so I think you 've got to think about that it 's got to be a really important thing, but then I think you 've also got to actually talk to your children a little bit as well because I, I know mine have kind of been through the process quite intensely as well, but you know if you talk to your children about how they would like their house to be, and the kind of things that they enjoy doing in the house, and if there are things that they do enjoy doing but but can't do at the moment, so one of the things that we said, well, Jack, my son is eighteen now, but he was like eleven when we moved. No, no, it wasn't quite eleven, but it was early teens, sorry. So he said, I want a a sitting room where we can all sit together because our room in our other house was really long and a weird shape. So if you sat at one end, you were all squashed together, but it was freezing cold, so you didn't all want to sit around it. He wanted to sit in a cosy room where we could all gather on an evening, you know, for an hour maybe. So talk to your children. You know, does your daughter want a a big wardrobe, a big cupboard, a big walk-in wardrobe, her own bathroom maybe? You know, ask them what they actually want you've all got to live in the house and I think this is where I will always say to people who ask my advice future proof it don't do the renovations for the children that you've got, but the children that they're going to grow up into. So, you know, when you're spending money on putting a, a double extension that's got bathrooms, etc., you know, build that into it because those children, the cute little six and seven year olds are soon going to be 14 and 15. So while you're doing it, make sure that you've got adequate storage, adequate bathrooms. So keep thinking ahead. You know, when you're a parent, you've just got to keep doing that all the time, all the time. And then also, you know, you've got to take a a little bit of time I think to just mentally prepare them and I would say that my kids when we were renovating this house I asked Lizzie how she survived and she said yogurts, cereal and watching cartoons on television so you do need somebody on hand when it all gets too much and you know they've got no back wall in their house and they're sick of builders and the gardens and mud bath where they can actually just go and stay for a couple of days uh, and my, my parents were really helpful with that so when it all gets too much they're, you know there's still kids at the end of the day uh you don't want to scar their childhood basically so a nice safe haven as well if possible and I would say the same applies to pets you know pets can be quite spooked by strange men in their garden they don't like it you know dogs especially so you may need to also think about making arrangements for your animals while work's been done or or a move's underway yeah
0: yeah excellent advice I wouldn't have thought of all of those things definitely not Brooke have you got anything to add to that Nothing. I think Jane covered absolutely everything and then the pets at, at the end
1: would, would, would have been the only other addition that, that I would have added because I know that my dog hates the window cleaners, the postman, everybody. So <laughs> having having workmen or women in and out would, would send him absolutely west.
2: <laughs> oh, bless.
0: <laughs> yeah, pets can be more trouble than kids maybe in some <laughs> some regards. Yeah, I'll
2: just tell you a funny story. Uh, Simon Mosband is like six foot three. He's a big a hefty Yorkshire builder and they were putting a a new roof lanterns and things in an extension in a house last week and the owners of the house have got a Rottweiler dog and the Rottweiler is quite fierce and all the people had gone out and the Rottweiler would not let anybody go up a ladder, right? So Simon had to weigh in and he had to bribe this dog with Marks and Spencer's finest cheese biscuits, which my mother gave him for, to take on his, you know, with his, for his lunch. And they had to give the dog the Marks and Spencer's cheese biscuits and the dog only would let them go up the ladder if the builders kept feeding him these biscuits. So it might be handy to, to get some... (laughs) Plenty of biscuits in for dog brides.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great tip. And also very expensive taste for a Rottweiler. Incredibly expensive. Yeah, Yeah,
2: we don't buy that (laughs) expensive cheese biscuits.
0: (laughs) Love it. So the other question I wanted to ask is, since restrictions of ease on COVID, apparently more than half of Londoners and a sizable proportion of people who are not in London are thinking of moving to the countryside, and that's according to Property Portal Rightmove. I was wondering, Brooke, how has COVID affected what people now want in a property? Are they asking you for different things? Do they have different safety concerns, for example?
1: Yeah, all of that. Um, I mean, when... The lockdown measures were introduced initially. In fact, even before that, when we were seeing the changes in, in Spain and Italy and, and most of Europe, people were asking what we were doing in terms of the the, the viewing side of it. And a lot of um, new processes that we had to introduce meant that we were wearing masks prior to um being told that we had to wear them. Um, and we were making sure that we had hand sanitizer on hand. We were only really going in, into empty properties. And then when. Um, lockdown was was announced it was a case of right okay well initially we didn't really know what we were meant to do because there the, there wasn't too much guidance around it so it was just a case of using our, our common sense when it came to the safety side of it and just making sure that we were being as, as safe as possible and um, not having too many people in making sure people were, were wearing masks and, and obviously that still continued to today when it comes to what people were asking within about two and a half. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Within about two and a half to three weeks, it was we want to move, we want to move out of the city centre, or we want something with outdoor space. And what's happened is the majority of properties now that are in the city centre that have uh, balconies or that have these uh, roof gardens, a lot of them are being let very quickly, whereas the other ones are slightly more stagnant. And what we also have are a lot of I'd say young professionals, um, couples, young families moving out of the city centre to more of of the suburbs but that have really good transport links into the city centre and that's to purchase or to rent. Um, We've seen that uh, a lot of a lot of the properties that have come onto the market anywhere up to sort of like 150 200,000 pounds those have have gone rather quickly um, and i've been looking for investors of mine as well and and they're just going like like wildfire to be honest at the moment but i think it's really important that to to mention as well that there are quite a few developers now especially in Manchester that are looking at at utilising space a lot differently because people are now going to be working from home more often even when they're based in the city centre so it's all about that super fast Wi-Fi but also what other amenities are there swimming pools there's a new development angel gardens in manchester and it's got a multi-purpose astro um, turf pitch on the roof and um, you've got co-working spaces and there's so much more now that the developers are going to have to consider in terms of utilizing the space that, that they've got and, and even some that have got planning permission for their developments are going to have to reconsider how they're actually going to sell those developments because people won't move into them so there's yeah so there's there's definitely a lot more to consider now when it comes to putting a property onto the market um for rental or even when purchasing a, a property now making sure that your outside space is as good if not better than your inside space
0: mm, that's fascinating yeah mm. i can that makes a lot of sense to me um as somebody that's lived with their a- tiny balcony that looks over a building site (laughs) during COVID. So it hasn't been the best, but I was still glad to have it. So, yeah, my next goal is definitely to get a flat or a house with a garden. So, yeah, Yeah. I think gardens are going to be in short supply. Jane, I wanted to finish off by asking you, having done these amazing renovation projects that you did do, what would your one-piece advice be to people thinking about renovating? I'd say check your budget again. And make sure that whatever happens
2: to you and to your partner and to your family in coming months, that you can meet your obligations financially. Because there is nothing more demoralising and potentially disruptive than embarking upon a renovation and running out of money. Uh, and I think that is you know that is a one piece of advice that you can definitely afford it if you need to refinance borrow extra money that you can afford to meet those payments going forward
0: yeah that's terrific advice especially for the times ahead when we don't know what's going to happen in the autumn exactly well I think we've spoken about everything that I wanted to ask you today so Jane Brooke thank you so much for coming on the show it's a pleasure no not a problem thanks for having us So if you still don't know whether to move or to renovate, remember, it's wise to evaluate if you're still in love with the area you live in first. Have you literally just run out of space? If so, it's time to do a cost-benefits analysis of renovating versus moving. Your budget should constrain what renovation you opt for, and that's a good thing. There's nothing worse than running out of money before the job ends. Is there good delivery or fast broadband where you're moving? We might laugh at these things, but something that sounds silly to others could be vital to your quality of life. And finally, don't forget kids' and pets' needs. You need to make sure their needs are catered for or you'll have some very bad-tempered residents on your hands. Well, that's it for this series of Happy Homes. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then do give us a good review wherever you listen to your shows. In the meantime, check out just how happy your home is by visiting resi.co.uk forward slash happy underscore homes. Take care and bye for now.